Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. So before we start the show today, I want to apologize publicly to Eddie Brennan. Um, I've obviously apologized to him many times in private since that terrible mistake um, that the show made on Monday. Um, you know, I've done hundreds of interviews on the show over the last four and a half years and nothing like that has ever happened before. Uh, managers and players know when they come on the show to be treated with respect. And, you know, that didn't happen on Monday and we have to take responsibility for that. I also want to apologise to the Leash County Board. Um, you know, the idea that Leash GA has been put in the spotlight all this week because of a mistake made on my show, it makes me sick to my stomach, if I'm being honest. Um, Eddie Brennan is a brilliant manager. He's clearly a player's manager and Leash GEA are very, very lucky to have him. And when I started running, I suppose I didn't stop. And when I got the chance to go, I said I'd stay going. So I opened up. We're only the small little fish out there, so we are and uh, we're trying hard to make it through. But it's hard to get the breaks when you're the smaller fish. Because I love this county so much, you know. And it's just I'm delighted that the lads, the lads did it for the people of Waterford today because, like, I'm hard, I'm heartbroken. So, Cheddar, this story uh, caught my eye. We obviously have a very big weekend in the Joe McDonough Cup this weekend. There's a huge game because um, Kerry play Antrim away. And if Kerry beat Antrim this weekend, they're in the Joe McDonough Cup final, which is absolutely huge for them. And that's on All-Ireland final day. And if they happen to win it, we all know that the ruling if Kerry won the Joe McDonough Cup is that they played the last place team in the Munster League. So whoever that would have been on this year, it's been a different structure. It's been a knockout Munster championship. So that has changed. So this is what surprised me the most, is that if Kerry win the Joe McDonough Cup now, there is no playoff to go into Munster. There is no going into Munster. They're just being thrown into the Leinster Championship, Cheddar. Like, I mean, why is this happening? That if 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 Kerry win it, they're in Leinster. They're a Munster team. Can they not have six teams in Munster and six teams in Leinster? Yeah, no, it is, it is pretty strange, Wooly, isn't it? I mean, I understand that that was the way 
um, and that that was the, the, they were the original plans. Um, you know, they have Kerry Ware to win it, then they played the bottom team in Munster for you know who was in the Munster Championship the following year. Um, having said all of that, uh, you know, first of all, if they were to win it, uh, they'd be very welcome in Leinster. Um, I think Leinster Council. I'm not a great fan of councils, to be honest with you. I think I think we're overburdened um, with administration to an extent. Which I have to give credit to the Leinster Council for being open about all of this. Yeah. Um, and you know, some some people might say, well, th- that's for the money, but clearly in this instance, it's not for the money. Um, I think if Leash or Carlo or whoever uh, were playing Kerry next year in the first round of the Leinster Championship, you know, it's not going to make a huge amount of money as such. Um, so I commend the Leinster Champion, the Leinster Council first of all, and the open. And bear in mind, this is now Galway, Antrim, and Kerry who are welcomed into Leinster. Yeah. But I, I think Woolley. In, in, a, in a strange way, it's going to open up this other argument about um, an open All-Ireland Championship. Um, and, you know, whereas the Munster Council, I, I don't know who made this decision or why the decision was made. Um, um, and again, I, I really welcome Kerry in. in I, I know a lot about them. I know the work they've put in. I know the quality of player that they've had going back a number of years. Um, and it's just great. And I know that I, I was actually, it was a number of years ago, I do some mad things when I'm away on the holidays and all of these type things. And I was in Mark, I was down in Kerry a number there, maybe three or four years ago on the holidays, and I decided to visit all the clubs, all the hurling clubs in Kerry, just to look at facilities um, and so on. Because oftentimes they're a sort of an indicator of, uh, you know, the, the health of the game in the place. And I was really, really taken aback by the facilities in all the hurling club clubs. But I think it does open up. You know, if Kerry do go on and win it, um, and the play in Leinster next week, next year, well, there's very little argument to go against then from from councils to say why we wouldn't have an open championship after that. And I'm not saying that that's the ideal. I'm just saying let's have a genuine discussion around that at the time. Yeah, I th- do. You think it's the Munster Council not allowing them into the Munster Championship? They're a Munster team. Fair enough, they wouldn't be at the level. But we saw Leash against Clare this year. You know, we saw Waterford not going well the last couple of years. That Kerry could get a good, you know, hop off one of those teams. Like, I mean, the idea that they shouldn't be in their own province. Like, it, for me, it just is very strange. Well, 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 that's that's my point, really. Like, you know, it it just really weakens the whole um, identity with your province. Think at this stage, and yeah. I. We welcome that to an extent because sometimes the traditional values don't serve hurling well. They have in the past, but sometimes they don't. And in this instance, they don't. And I think, you know, in looking at a different way of doing things to promote the game of hurling, let's put all of the things on the table and look at those things. Um, and I think this is, you know, this is an opportunity. You know, Kerry have to go on and win it yet. And, you know, yeah. they're a serious team. I know a lot, lot about them. They are a serious team, seriously prepared team. Um, and, you know, they'll they give this a right shot. But if they were to go on and win it, um, I think that opens up a different and a proper discussion then, not alone about the, the two windows for club and county, but actually a different county, which might be more appealing, particularly to the development of the game, but actually might be more appealing and more freshness than the, than the traditional. I don't think, by the way, Molly, that Munster would have said, no, you, you can't go there. But I'm just surprised that they didn't say you have to come in to us. And I'm just surprised about that. But I don't know the decision. It could very well be. If it's for the development of hurling and Kerry, I am all for that. Um, I think that's been different to Galway. Galway didn't need her hurling developed um, as such. They were winning All-Irelands and, and All-Ireland semi-finalists anyway. I think it's different for Kerry. I, I don't mind where to go, whether to go into Connacht or go into Ulster or go into Leinster or stay in Munster. If it's good for the development in hurling in Kerry, I'm all for it.
Yeah, no, that makes sense. Shamie Callanan was talking during the week here and he's talking in the context of uh, watching the match back and the Limerick match back. And, you know, it must have been difficult for the Tipperary players to watch that back. But he said it's very hard in real time to analyse what's going on around the pitch. You have to take a look back at it, evaluate what happened and then try and put it right. And I just thought that was interesting in that everybody knows watching a match back, you'll see more. You can rewind it, stop it, you know, especially if you have a behind the goals um, camera shot. But I'm just wondering because like, what what are you like evaluating a game mid-game? You know, thinking back on it and everything is different because I always think Mick O'Dwyer, for example, brilliant manager, most successful manager in the history, probably one of his weak points would have been making changes in-game. You know what I mean? And obviously, mm. different managers have different strengths. Mikko's motivation would have been outstanding, you know, and giving players confidence. What would you have been like? What, what are you like at calling the shots mid-game? And when is it right to make a change? Well, I suppose I'm not, a, I, I'm not the best judge. No one, nobody's the best judge of themselves. Um, well, sure. Really. Uh, but, but I'd say in response to it, um, that look, sometimes you get it right and sometimes you get it wrong. But most of what you're trying to do is get it right before you go on the feed at all. And you know, if you look at Tipperary, um, you know, there's a couple of fundamentals in in terms of getting a good performance. And one of them is and a very very high work rate, very very high uh, level of intensity. And I, 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 as I said in the last show, it's not a word. I'm going to move away from that word now. It's doing the right things at the right times and all of that, and getting your game plan right, getting your matchups right, and all of that. If you will get them all right um, at the start of the game, um, you know, then you're talking about maybe tweaking little things as you go along, and you might have pre-made moves to do that, and you might look at your subs, your impact subs, and all of that to do that. But if a lot of things are going wrong, you might just be lucky to make a, a, a good change or something like that. It's quite difficult then to change the course of a game in your favour at that stage. Yeah. Um, you know, so so I'd say, and look, Tipperary had probably one of the best management teams that has ever walked the sideline. I, I had a huge regard uh, for that tip management team and I just know them, they would have put an incredible amount of thought into that. Um, and a lot of the fundamentals about the performance, um, you know, they didn't they just didn't go right for them. Um, and, you know, if Liam and Eamon and Dara and Tommy and the, and the lads, um, you know, aren't able to change that in, in midstream, it just tells you how difficult it is to put your finger on what's the, the, the two or three big things. You're looking at the Pareto effect here, really. What's what's the 20% change that's going to give you 80% result here? And it's quite difficult sometimes. You may, you may be leaking water a lot of places all over the field and you're reacting to things really rapidly are proactively looking at changing your, your team to go win the match. Very difficult. And I just got back to maybe one of the best management teams of all time. They found it difficult that day. That just tells you how difficult it is. And sometimes sometimes you may not have the players uh, to do what you'd like to do. You're yeah. limited in the players in particular positions or particular game plans to do what to do. And if you look at that the last day, um, um, you know, with Tipperary, you know, Tip seemed to sort of follow or want to follow the outrunning uh, Limerick half-forwards. And, of course, that left space behind them then for quite quick players, the likes of Graham Mulcahy and Dempsey and that. Uh, but they probably also didn't put enough emphasis on their forward line, uh, tackling back the field and making it difficult for, for Limerick uh, 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 defence to offload the pass or even strike the pass out of their, their, out of their defence. And, and like, they're big, big things. And, and they're, that's a decision I would imagine that Tip made beforehand. You know, we'll win the game based on this, that we'll be able to absorb and soak up what Limerick do. And we've just absolutely incredible shooters inside and, and, and we'll beat them. 
yeah. major things that you've got to change. And you can't just go along and, and pull a few people around the field and expect that to work for you because you, you rehearsed a lot of that um, um, in advance. So I just go back to that point. Fantastic management team found it difficult. Um, and, um, you know, you may not have the players in, in the right places to be able to do what you want to do anyway. And so yeah. you might get bloody lucky and make a move that is a game-changing move for you. Well, how difficult is it, for example, on the line to have a good lad with you to maybe because you can't see everything potentially yourselves. I'm just thinking of soccer managers. They they do it on their own. They pick the team on their own. They call the shots on their own. Like, I mean, do you like to call the shots on your own or would you take advice from somebody else, you know, potentially and go up, go with what they're suggesting? Or does it have to be the manager's kind of call? I look, it varies. Um, you know, clearly you've got to look at trust in the people that's with you and that as well. Um, and, uh, you know, it, it varies. You know, there's no real black and white rule in this. And as I said to you, sometimes you can get it right and sometimes you get it wrong. Um, but I think it's worthwhile. It's certainly worthwhile having uh, somebody looking down on the game for you, you know, sometimes on the sideline. Um, and in some pitches, strangely enough, when you're looking across the field, you're looking very flat across the field. And you can see a lot of things what's happening with the, you know, the four or six players of your side. But over the far side, you may not see enough. Um, and sometimes it's good to have that. And, you know, you, you'll see a lot of... Um, maybe not necessarily the manager, but it may be actually maybe one of the selectors mic'd up with hurly carriers and with people in the stand and all of that. And it's all you're just getting a feed off of those people. You don't need to, to, to you know, they'll make a suggestion to you. Um, and, you know, sometimes you go with it, sometimes you don't. Um, and you've got to just make that call yourself. Right, right. Okay. So I suppose having a bad game, if your right half back in front of the manager is a disaster, the left half back might get away with a couple more, <laughs> a couple more mistakes. Come here. Here's a, one, one last one on this. Say, like, I mean, you're sitting down to pick a team, and you've three selectors. Like, does each opinion carry equal weight here? Because, like, I mean, what if the three selectors wanted something that you didn't want, but your neck is on the chopping block if this team is picked the way you don't want it? Like, how, how does that? you know, dynamic work. Again, I'm thinking back to a soccer manager who just picks, I think if I was a manager of a GA team, it would be a dictatorship. I would be picking the team. I don't want to listen to you, lads, because it's my name on the team and that's it. Like, how does it, How have you ever been overruled in a team selection meeting? Yes, I have and regretted it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, but you know, Dan Woolley is that, you know, some of the times um, that there are people working with you that just simply know more about the players um, and, you know, what they have inside of them maybe than you do. You know, particularly it's in your first year, you take the likes of Shane O'Neill. Um, you know, he at this stage, he will know everything about every player. That's his job. Um, he'll know absolutely everything about it. But there's still um, maybe sort of historic things there that, you know, he may not know about it. And that's, you know, somebody involved in golf or herding uh, may know about it. And, you know, you're looking at, for example, uh, you know, playing Kenny on Sunday. And there may be an actual uh, player on the golf panel, for example, that suits exactly what you want to do to either neutral to pick your player or to gain an edge on Kenny. And that type of information is invaluable to you. Um, but, but look, it's a very difficult one, Uli, because... Um, you, you know, I think, first of all, everybody needs to um, agree on the principles of play and how you play and all of that. If, if, if there's a fundamental disagreement like that, that's different. I think what you're just talking about is if there's just discussion around certain players and the competency of certain player over the other, um, I think you, you'll depend a little bit on the experience of the people that's with you. And, you know, you can flip that the other way as well. You know, you've got to show trust here. Um, yeah. 
so so it, 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 uh, it's a bit of give and take. Um, but, you know, I I've certainly have been on the side when, you know, I probably believed something strongly and it didn't work that way. Um, but look, you've got to take those things in the chin. Those things are, are um, they're, they're confidential to management teams as such. And that's the way they should be. And you just move on. Yeah, but like, I mean, do you think the selectors' role it might be, you know, it's kind of dying off now. Selectors all have roles outside of just selectors rather than, you know, the old-fashioned selector who just goes, watches training, says a little word on the day of the match, and, you know, that works. Usually selectors now are doubled up as coaches, you know, and have an extra job rather than just being selectors. I would just find that the scrutiny managers are under after results, and it's, you know, Cheddar Plunkett, it's Davy Fitzgerald, whoever it is. I, w- I, I would be, like, amazed if a manager wasn't getting the team on the field he wanted. Potentially, you know, when it's somebody, it's not somebody else's name, you know, that's kind of over the team. Yeah, no, there is, look, there is, uh, there, there is that, um, I, I won't call it tension, Woolly, um, but I just can't think of the word at, at the minute. There is that in it, um, you know, without a doubt. And look, the day of the selector sitting on the fence, Looking over the gate now at training, <laughs> yeah. thankfully it's far over. Actually, it's far over at club level as well. Um, so you probably have, you probably have uh, specific forwards coaches, specific backs coaches, um, who are highly technically qualified about how to win the ball, tackle the ball, carry the ball, and all of those things. Um, and you know you've got to put some trust in that if they're coaching that to the team, you've got to put some trust in what they're saying. Uh, but there's a little bit of give and take in that. And sometimes you, if you feel really strong enough, um, you know, you, you, you clear that maybe with the management team beforehand and you would say, look, there's going to be a coming day here um, when I'm just going to say, I've got to go with this. I hear what you're saying, but I've got to go with this because I feel so strongly about it. But it, ha- it doesn't happen that often. It does happen, but not that often. Really. Right, right. Okay. I somehow I just can't picture Brian Cody in a team selection meeting and the three lads um, <laughs> over... <laughs> And I know I would think, um, well, first of all, um, I can tell you that Brian will know every player in Kilkenny from his under 12 days for the simple reason that he's been at every match. Brian Cody might be at three matches every day of the week in the summertime, including training. Um, you know, so he knows intimately players and, and what they're capable of doing and all of that. Um, I'm probably talking about a different situation, maybe of a manager coming in that just may not know enough history about a player or something like that. And there may be some little thing that the coach or the other selectors know that will be very valuable to you on the day. Um, and I, I, I'll finish off on Brian. Um, you know, whatever way he's picking the team hasn't been too bad for 20 years. No, no, definitely not. Come here, we'll, 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 we'll move on to that Leinster final here now because Kilkenny are up against it um, this weekend, Cheddar. There's no doubt about that. And, and I think maybe the performance against Wexford probably has shown the real Galway because they're going for three Leinsters in four years. And just because they didn't make the knockouts last year, I don't know... I'm just speaking for myself now. They had completely gone off the radar for me as not really contenders. And maybe, I don't know, other people might be guilty of that. But, like, I mean, this is a team that was dominant in Leinster, you know, was in two All-Ireland finals, had a bad year yesterday, and are back. It's just whether they're back. We probably know on Saturday night whether they're back to where they were, you know, or or, or where they probably are. Yeah, um Look, this year is difficult to call in terms of form on teams, Woolly. You know, clearly, I mean, this is just obvious. This is, you don't no need to be Einstein to understand um, that, you know, this is a very late championship start and very little form because you're going back to last February for league and you kind of count that. Um, there's a number of teams with serious injuries uh, problems for them of key players that's going to affect form. So there's a lot of things like that. And you, you talk about Galway, you know, look, I'm 
know to my cost a lot about Galway in the Leinster Championship. And when I look at their team of, you know, McInerney, Cooney, Hart, Mad Two Mannion, Johnny Cohen, uh, Connor Cooney, Joe Canning, Jason Flynn, they were all playing in, I don't know, 13, 14 and 15, you know, against Legion Championship hurling. Um, and they're still there six or seven year late, years later, you know. So they, they are a mature team um, and, are, and clearly have been at, you know, at the very, very top of championship hurling for the last couple of years. I mean, you mentioned three lenses of four years. That is fair going, no matter what way you look at it. Um, and, and only for, um, you know, would that they would have beaten if Joe had converted that last three and it was so close, there was a pint in it for, for, for to retain the all to retain the all Ireland. Um, so they're not that far away. Lost away maybe a little bit last year, um, but you know they're clearly playing well. But it's hard to gauge their form, Willie, um, from just one game. Yeah. Uh, well, clearly they were very good. Clearly at the minute, in terms of what, what I was impressed about Gala was their overall consistency right throughout the game. It wasn't just you know bang and, and and then step off again. They were consistent right through, and particularly in the second quarter, they really raised the game and kept the boot to the floor and played well. And you know there was a lot of good things about their play shooting from distance, you know, they had a range of scores, a range of play, a range of being able to process the ball and that, um, and a full forward line that they can move around and play in, a, in different little ways and that. Uh, but it's difficult to, to really, really rate it. And, you know, clearly the game against Kilkenny will put this into context because Kilkenny will not give anything easy. Um, and, and uh, you know, it's going to be a really, really interesting game. Um, and I think... Fair credit to Shane for grabbing the team so quickly and getting them to play. You know, they're 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 a, they're a sort of a settled team, and that's talking even having Dahi Dahi to come back in, but putting Jerry Mack forward back and putting Joe centre back um, gives a, a solidity to, to the centre, and that's even how Dahi Burke. Um, and you know, you've a really really good defensive midfield, Parry Mannion and Johnny Cohen. Um, and it clearly, Conor Whelan is, you know, is in the form of his life up front, either on the ball or off the ball or anyway the ball at all. Um, he's, a, he's he's some operator. Um, but it, 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 probably an issue for Kilkenny is how they're going to handle um, Conor Whelan because, like, I mean, young Kieran Wallace. I'm not sure he had the greatest second half the last day. He was at fault for a couple of the goals. And Paul Murphy hasn't been around. I don't think he made the squad for the for a couple of challenge games, and then was on the bench for the for the Dublin game. It's happened. Maybe Joey Holden will come back in cornerback. Like I mean, they don't have a very obvious matchup for Conor Whelan. You would have thought Paul Murphy was that. Well, I think there's going to be some really really big things in this game, um, and that's one of them. And it's not necessarily Conor Whelan. It's the way God was set up in the full forward line. Like sometimes you will see. Um, maybe Connor playing a little bit outside of 21 with a lot of space around him there and Jason Flynn and Brian Cannon quick uh, players inside and then sometimes you'll see Jason Flynn um, as a sort of a roving player which leaves an awful lot of space there on the other side of Connor Whelan and again very difficult to defend um, I think that's that's going to be one of the real matchups uh, because you know Hugh Lawler has been full back for Kilkenny very big man, very, very good player. If you remember the semi-final against Limerick last year, he had an absolute blinder yeah. um, on, on, on a good player. But the, the player he will not like is Conor Whelan, um, you know, a, a ferociously strong uh, player who's not tall, um, who's very, very, very good at getting over the player, who's very, very physical on the ball, winning the ball and all of that, and, and who is good at getting to the corners to win the ball. Hugh just won't like that. So I, I think... One of the key things I think is going back to Brian is how Kilkenny picked their team. Um, you know, and clearly the last day they picked the full back line of Connor Delaney, Hugh 
Lawler and Kieran Wallace. And Hugh Lawler plays centre back for Comer, and Kieran plays full back for Castle Comer. Both of them are central players, very, very strong, very, very effective players. Um, but I just think that the more Kilkenny are going to move up the grades here, um, and clearly Sunday is one of these games. You know, can you play in essence three full backs in in yeah. F two, three, and four? You know, I, I think probably not. I think tactically you're going to be, you're going to be cause problems there. And yeah. I think the thing about I think that, to be honest with you, I think you know Galway are going to play broadly as we think they're going to set up, unless Dahi Dahi comes into the team here somewhere. Um, I don't think I don't think, I think the leader midfield is the same as well. But I, I think I think a lot will depend on Brian. Um, will he look ahead here? to Kilkenny and try and bear in mind he's another chance here of course he'll want to win an answer he wants to win every match and he really believes this uh, that you know win, winning matches improves your team and uh, gives you momentum and all of those things and I fully agree with him and all of that but you know will he try some things rather than try it and test it um, on Sunday um, and you know they're, 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 they're Conor Delaney uh, Hugh Kieran. Um, they will be all very, very strong physical defensive players and they will not give you a lot, but may not give you that pace you're looking for in the full back line, nor give you the pace to carry ball out and, and lay off ball. Um, whereas, yeah. you know, we, you know, will he look at maybe somebody like Darren Mullen? Clearly, clearly, um, Joey Holton is an option because he's yeah. a Mullen is actually a more dynamic player for that kind of nippy corner forward, isn't he? Yes, he is, but he's very, very good at going front foot. Now, you know, that's all right in club hurling. You know, you're you're first of all a defender. You know, can he defend against Brian Concanon or somebody like that? You know, there's no point in you, you know, taking hand passes off your full back and flying out the field and suddenly, you know, you're, you're conceded, you know, one three in the first 15 minutes to your man or something like that. You've got to be able to defend. But can he have a number of players? Um, Richie Reid is another was in the middle of the field. I think his best position with Kenny might be wing back. There's a fantastic, uh, um, explosive Niall Brazel from from the village, whom I know well. Um, you know, oh, yeah. five or a seven, it would completely turn the tables on you. And 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 I suppose I look at Kenny backline and I look at the goal of forward and I call Mannion, uh, Connor Cooney, Joe Canning. You know, Joe will tackle and he will work hard despite despite some criticism about that. But are they, will they really track back the field and put the pressure on you? I think if you had really, really quick front foot, half back line, particularly wing backs to get up the field and now be able to put the right type of ball into the own codes and Billy Ryan's, I think you could turn the tables and goal it very easy. And I, I, I do think that Kenny will do that. They may, they may not play like that, but I think the Kenny level of intensity that they bring to it and they're, that sort of, you know, real in-the-face tackling, you know, very legitimate, everything all right about it. But when we are talking about intensity and a toughness, this is what Kenny bring to the table. It is hugely competitive on every single ball, whether you have it in your hand or whether you don't, it is hugely competitive. And I, I, I suspect they will play Connor Brown and Connor Fogarty in the middle of the field on Sunday. And if they do, that's going to be some battle. You're going to have two, you know, really, really aggressive midfielders from both sides, Mannion and Johnny Cohen. Probably Mannion's a back, Johnny Cohen is a former cornerback. Um, you know, so there's going to be a fair battle around the middle in that one. The one thing Galway have clearly picked you after touching on it, Connor Cooney, Joe Canning and Cahill Mannion is a half forward line. I think this is vital. I think Limerick have shown the way with that is that Having a working half forward line is a waste of time because your your half back line will just let them off. They're no real threat to me if I let them off. The, what Limerick have and what Galway clearly have there with Cooney, Canning, and Mannion is the idea that if you let these off, 
they can score from distance. You know what I mean? And it's almost teasing the halfback line out with you and then having that good full forward line with Whelan out in front of Concanon and Flynn. But without that scoring half forward line, you have nothing. And I think Hurling's changed now from maybe, no disrespect to the Dan McCormack type wing forward, you know, a wing back, that the choice to follow him into midfield is very, very easy. Whereas, you know, that Galway half forward line is a different kettle of fish altogether. No, that, that, you, you do need that. You need to be able to shoot from distance from these type of players. And you need, you need to have lots of options. You can't be just that. Um, you know, I think I think we might talk about Limerick in a minute. I think Limerick have actually developed their game this year. Um, and, you know, they're, they're bringing a little bit more to this. But just, let's just stay on this game for, for a moment. I think that's what I'm sort of talking about, um, about, you know, Kenny maybe changing things a little bit. You know, you might say Killian Buckley is that front foot uh, hurler at wing back, but sort of hasn't shown it lately. Uh, Paddy Deegan definitely is. Parik Walsh just might be in form at the minute. In fairness to Parik Walsh, I think he'd broken thumb earlier on in the summertime. Um, so he might be only just finding form now. But those players will get forward and they will score. But more than anything, if they get forward, if you're going to play the likes of Billy Ryan and Owen Cody and that type of player inside, if you can put the right type of ball into that, which is what Limerick are doing, putting, putting, giving them a 60, 40 chance or maybe 70, 30 chance of getting the ball in their hand because if the yard are lethal, you could do that to Billy Ryan and he turns and he eyeballs you and he goes at you, you have a problem. And, and uh, you know, I think Kilkenny did this against Dublin in the first half. It was very, very strange, Kilkenny. That was the most strangest Kilkenny performance I've ever seen against Dublin. Very, very good in the first half. Albeit, they were a little bit one-dimensional in the way they used the ball. They just used the diagonal ball mostly, or that's why I saw. Maybe other people saw it differently. Um, and I think good defensive structures... Um, will probably play on the outside and cut out that type of ball. You need to be a little more sophisticated. I think when you see Limerick playing, some of the times they'll play over the top and some of the times they'll play diagonal and that type of stuff or they'll play through the middles. Um, but but I think Kilkenny, uh, you know, and, and to have John Donnelly in the All-Ireland last year, and I don't know if Walter will be wing forward, but they have some fair hard workers around the half-hour line and then you'll TJ. Yeah, but the Galway defence has a fair, fairly good matchups for the Kilkenny danger men. Like Colin Fenley won't bully his way past Garod McInerney or Dotty Burke if he's back. Do you know, like, I mean, you have Walter Walsh, you, you know, they'll have the likes of Shane Cooney potentially for him, you know, and Joe Cooney could go on, on TJ because he followed Lee Chin all over the field. Like, I mean, Galway wouldn't be, you know, pushed around by the, the, the kind of big Kilkenny forwards. Um, you're, you're right. Um, Galway are probably the biggest team, or maybe, maybe even one of the biggest teams I've seen um, in inter-county hurling over the years, to be honest with you. Um, but I'm talking about something different here. This, this is not just pure size. Um, this is real, um, I suppose, fight in the tackle, a real fight for the breaking ball, a real fight for the rook ball. Yeah, can, can he have that? They can have that in spades, and they base their game in you know, them. This is no secret. Brian has said this a million times. Um, you know, when we win that percentage of the game, we'll win the game. And he's probably probably right. We can talk about all of the tactics and all that, but if you haven't got that, and I suggest Hip didn't have that against Limerick the last day, if you're not winning that part of the game, you you, you know, it's, you're, you're making it more difficult to win it anyway. Yeah, here's a good one. I was reading this is in the Independent. I think it's out of Brian Cody's book. Um, this was after um, Dublin or K- Dublin beat Kilkenny in 2013. I think that could have been in Port Leash in the in the replay. And Dublin were going into the Leinster final against Galway. And Cody went into the Dublin dressing room afterwards, and he says, "You're carrying Leinster hopes now. We let the Bob O'Keefe out of Leinster last year, and it's not something we're proud of." <laughs> I thought it was a good quote that you know how 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 Cody would view Galway robbing the Bob O'Keefe cup out of Leinster. 
Yes, he would. Um, and he would be, <laughs> and Brian would believe that. Um, but but in fairness to Brian, you know, just go back to the context about it at that time. Um, you know, the fact that Galway were coming into Leinster. Um, look, I've said it myself enough at the, at the time and railed against it my, at, at the time myself. I was in did you? Um, yes, I did. In, in, in this sense, I mean, at this stage, you're looking after your own, Willie, um, and you have a lot of steps on the ladder to try and climb. You know, we were trying to get into a Leinster hur- senior hurling final and bringing in Galway, you might as well bring in Tipperary or Cork, yeah, yeah. like that. It was just simply going to make it. And look, you, 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 were, you were just looking after your own in that respect. Um, but, but I think time has moved on clearly now. Um, and, you know, I'd, I'd say Brian would say, would say now bring them on. Um, you know, we'll face anybody. Kenny will face anybody in the will. Yeah, maybe that's it. So, like, I mean, the the do you think Galway have added to the Leinster Championship now? Well, look, they've added to hurling. Um, they've made it more difficult for a breakthrough team uh, to get to yeah. a Leinster final. They're 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 just simply facts. That's yeah. no, no science behind that. They're simply facts. Um, but I think, you know, going back to the discussion that we had earlier on, Willie, I think if we're looking at an open draw um, and maybe something in that open draw or something in a provincial draw that gives a serious leg up to the developing counties to try and make this a 12 or a 14 or a 16 county championship needs to be looked at. Um, and that includes everything, and, you know, it includes absolutely everything. But one of the things would be, um, for example, if it was home advantage or something like that, that was the way when Galway came in. It's not anymore. So there was been a lot of things here seeded um, and and not to do to the benefit of the West Meads and the Cars who are provincial Leinster teams uh, and not to their benefits and awfully at the minute. Um, you know, so I, I think we either lose our provincial identity and move on with it being open or we stay a provincial identity. At the minute, we've, we've a sort of a half and half. Um, but I, I, I would just go back to my point. Um, I think there needs to be um, a focus on the, the development of hurling in a number of counties and see, first of all, do they have the hunger and the ambition to step up themselves because if they don't leave them where they are? Um, and uh, and if they have, is there enough of them around that we can restructure a championship now in a club and county double window or integrated or wherever it's going to be uh, to improve hurling in those areas? I just keep coming back to those points. Yeah, Munster says no. That'll be your answer to that one, I'd say, Cheddar. Let's get a prediction on this Kilkenny Galway before we move on. Um, I think I think matchups will be huge. Um, you know, um, I think I think that the key matchup is going to be the Kilkenny full back line versus that full forward line, and the matchups, particularly on Conor Whelan, will be will be good. I think if and I think I'm very interested in looking at five and seven, or maybe five, six and seven on the Kilkenny um, half back line, because I think if they get real front foot players on that, um, I think they could hurt Galway. Um, and I think, look, just I think Kilkenny will bring a high level of intensity that Wexford lacks seriously. Um, and I think for tackling and all of that in, in the face, um, I think will mean Galway will have to get a number of goals to win it. And I can't look past Kilkenny at the minute. OK, I'll go for Galway and we'll come back and we'll look at the other matches. After the match with uh, you know with Marcy Morrissey and the Marcy squad, and you know the big the big thing for me yesterday with Clare hey, versus Galway was hang on, did you ask permission to do the Marcy squad there? Well, uh, well, well, I, well, I didn't, <laughs> but I didn't, but I was only a special guest. Last Thursday, you asked me the same question when I started bubbles, and I said yesterday on the Marcy squad, says yes, I would have started bubbles for that game yesterday. 
that was the first I heard of Johnny Green coming back with the Galway squad. You know, it was asked just in the Marty squad. Here, Damien, are you getting paid for Marty squad plugs on our show here? <laughs> That's three. Wait, no, I do, I do, I, I do that completely voluntary. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we'll start with the Munster final, um, Cheddar. And I saw some, I think Shane Dowling writes a piece for the Limerick Leader now, and he, he wrote a good piece there. I thought this was very interesting uh, quotes about the Limerick tactics, and he just broke it down. And here, here you go. Here's Shane Dowling in a nutshell describing the Limerick game plan. Whoever has the ball, run. Take your man on. And you can be guaranteed you'll have the support runner to pop it off to. And if you keep doing that until you're in an optimum position to deliver the ball into your forwards, that takes out any risk of not being able to clear their half back line or hitting a blind ball and not knowing where it'll end up. There you go. That's it. Thank, <laughs> thankfully, thankfully, we've called that right for the last couple of years, Cheddar. Uh, yeah. Um, and look, it makes sense, really, doesn't it? I yeah. Mean, yeah, look, you know, by the way, it's much more sophisticated than that. Um, Shane is is up in the helicopter here, given that. Ah, that's for that's for basic kind of dummies yeah. like me, Cheddar. But, but no, but basically that's what it is. Um, uh, carry the ball safely as much as you can. Make good decisions on the ball to be able to pass the ball to hand to your player if you can. Deny the opposition the ball. Get into the scoring area. Score the score and win it back and do the very same thing again over and over. Um, it makes sense to do that in terms of in terms of pace, possession, precision type of hurling. Um, and clearly Limerick are very, very good at it. Uh, but I'll just go back to that point, uh, Woody, again. Um, you know, you have to sort of have the type of players to play that and the, the players need to have that um, sort of intellect to be able to play it and sort of need to know what's going on in that. Um, you know, that takes a lot of work. Yeah, no, it definitely it definitely does. And probably because of their system, I'm thinking of the league final between these two teams. And we know how Tyg de Berka, how well he played the last day. And he's a centre-back that'll drop back into that sweeping role. But geez, I remember specifically, I was at that league final um, um, in Croke Park. And I know Waterford will bring more intensity and won't make it easier on Limerick um, on Sunday. But geez, the way Limerick had Tyg de Berka chasing chasing shadows because of the way they worked it far enough, you know, to give lovely diagonal balls and just have them running around the place, not really being effective at all. Look, they're very, very good at that. Um, yeah. Huge credit. They've a fantastic, um, intelligent management team um, and overseen by John Colley. But, but, you know, probably a lot of the, the legwork done by Paul and by Alan Cunningham and, and Angus O'Brien and Donald Grady's in with him now as well. So, you know, they're, they're really have this team in the right place to be able to play the way they want. But, Willie, the other side of that is, um, and look, you know, when we're talking about the fundamentals of sort of work rate and muscle power and and, and all of that, to have that in abundance as well. Um, but And, you know, so to have a trusted system, but over a period of time, and unless you change and develop that, uh, that can also be a weakness. And, uh, you know, I'd be very surprised if um, Liam Cahill um, and Michael Bevins are haven't been haven't been looking at Kenny and looking at Claire in the first half, um, uh, you know, in terms of how to take this system apart. That's the difficulty about playing with a system. That you know, once you play it for a while and you analyze it and you analyze it and you analyze it, and you have the right players to be able to neuter what they do, particularly the four or five key things that they do. You know, you can turn the table then very quickly in the opposition. And I, 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 you know, last year I spoke, last couple of years I spoke so highly of 
know, the way Limerick are setting up. I do think they're developing a little bit. I was, I was actually very interested. I meant to say this in the show last week, Willie, when you were talking about the tactics board with Paul speaking to them. Uh, I actually wondered, he pulled he pulled uh, 13, 14 and 15 uh, back, maybe outside of the 21. Was he speaking to his own team or was he saying that this is what Tip do? Um, because it, it, I, I was surprised that you know they are they're, they're, they're doing different things you will see some of the high ball will go over um Gillan and into the corner you know he knows it and he's already got to step on the full back I mean I thought he destroyed uh Ronan Maher in, in in that game now look Tipper were off color all over the field but there were some of the things that they did was a little bit different than what I thought they did in the last couple of years and particularly that you know uh, because because they have Hegarty and Tom Morris, he goes back out the field, leaves a huge amount of space in front of them. When you bring out your two corner forwards, and particularly Tip followed uh, Hegarty to an extent, that left a lot of room there. That might have let, left the likes of Mulcahy to come out another 10 or 15 minutes and then put the ball over the top. And you won't, you know, there's not too many corner backs that beat Graham Mulcahy on a turn for the ball taken and run for goal. And, you know, clearly they're real goal chances of that as well. Yeah, they have it. Ev- they have it everywhere. Do you, do you think Kyle Hayes goes back to number eleven? Do you think they they revert back to their tried and trusted, and that was just a one off, or do you see that being a a, a permanent switch? Well, I, I think I think Keane will go back to the middle of the field um, because if Watford set up like the you know bear in mind that Watford set up for a number of years now, you know, will be a good setup um, to, to take on Limerick. Um, you know, they're, they're, Watford themselves, you know, and, and when I'm saying this, I'm saying in the Watford training sessions themselves, the movement of their players around the field, because they were playing the way they were playing with that extra man, um, makes all your players um, very mobile and, um, you know, with, with really good... Um, um, view of, of what's going on around them so they're not just playing their own space they're keeping their, their awareness of what other people is doing is great i think i think water would have a lot of uh, things going into this match which they've learned over maybe five or six years which will serve them very very well and i think if you look at you know clear, clearly Kilkenny uh playing in the face uh, really savagely competitive on, on rooks breaking balls, competitive balls is one thing, and that clearly upset Limerick last year. And and I know Limerick were missing. I know they had Hannon injured towards the end of the game. I know they missed a lot of scores, uh, but nonetheless they were beaten. And I think Clare done something different. They pressured hugely the Limerick backline from carrying the ball out. Their tackle was really good, particularly on the Limerick half backline to the extent that. That um, you know the likes of maybe Dermot Burns and uh, uh, Sol and out of Paddy O'Loughlin, Sol on that exactly what Shane has said: sprint front foot, lay off the ball. Well, if you tackle that enough and, and stop him from getting his head up, that he is now to strike it. Uh, then Jared Hegarty ten meters in front of you is no good. Um, you know, so I'll be very very surprised if Walford don't put a savage amount of pressure on the, the, that Limerick half back line midfield and stop that first layoff of ball, stop them getting into their flow really early in the move and make it a competitive ball then in their own defence. And they're well used to that uh, Walford from. So if Ty drops at that stage and a long ball coming in, great. And yeah, the other thing I think Walford have some big players themselves, particularly maybe at six and that. You know, they have. You know, they have. Uh, strength themselves. Now you need you need fair pace as well, though. Obviously, on 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 uh, Peter Casey or on Graham McCahey. And the last point I'll say about Limerick, um, I think Shane Dowling will be missed yet, and I think the impact that he made in their All Ireland win uh, was huge in all of the matches that year. And I think he'll be missed yet. It hasn't been seen so far, but I think he will. 
Maybe not. I think Waterford potentially um, have a potential setup that can hurt Limerick in that, like I can see a situation where Desi Hutchinson is just left up, you know, inside the 45 on their own and everybody else is swarming that middle third. And Desi's Desi's movement is so good, you know, that you can just, you know, there'll be room left and right of him and he can run those, you know, selfless runs where he never stops running. And I think every other Waterford forward potentially could almost swarm that middle third like a Derek McGrath team. Yes, if you, yes, if you can shoot from there, um, Woolley, but if you can't shoot from there, you're not going to get enough scores on the board. And the other thing I would say to you, um, if you put Desi up front, um, I, you know, obviously Tip decided to go after a Limerick full back line. They left their six forwards more or less in place, uh, put scores in there um, and decided that they'd move out their, their half backs. Not, not, not massively now, but but they definitely were going to track those runners rather than bringing out bringing out their forwards to do that. And I think you know maybe they did it. You know nobody's ever, ever going to tell you this, but just from me looking in at the outside, I say they targeted the Limerick fullback. They saw the mistakes they made against Clare. They have conceded a lot of frees. Um, and so if you do that and you allow then a two and one and let them put Sean Finn on Hutchinson, well then I'm not so sure where the scores for what were going to come from. That, right. That's the problem. Um, I, 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 I think I'd probably prefer um, a much more mobile six. I think you're definitely going to have to leave two inside. And it might serve you to leave three inside if you have a really mobile front six. Um, and I, I think that that set up that stops the Dear Burns, Declan Hannans from taking a step back, ping the pass, or better still, taking 20 steps, sprint forward, lay off the pass, to, to people, the likes of Colin Lynch coming off the shoulder and that. Um, I think if in that area, if they can break down that play and then score themselves and obviously stop the scores to the side, I think that was the problem with Clare. Um, I think Clare done well in that, particularly in the first half. If you remember, there wasn't much in it, but they completely depended on Tony Kelly um, after that. You know, you, you are giving away a lot of your scoring threat to do that. Yeah, you probably are. Get a prediction on this one. Uh, look, it, it's 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 difficult to look past Limerick. They are the farm team, and therein is an interesting thing. Um, I'd love to know, um, you know, has John Kiley thought this out and said, "Look, this is a sprint of a championship this year. Um, find farm early, stay on the rails with your momentum, and you'll go win in All Ireland rather than peaking too early or something like that." Clearly, they're playing very well at the minute. They're the farm team, but I I I think. Paul and, and Alan and John will be looking at this. Look, we are up there to be beaten. We play in a certain way. Uh, teams will figure that out in time. Will they do it this year or can we keep going the way we're going? Um, and I think Liam will look at that. Um, you know, he's a good record. Liam has a good record of coming into matches under 21 and senior, particularly against Cork the last day, of coming in a complete underdog and the team really really firing and all cylinders in that game and going away and getting wins. Um, I don't think there's going to be much in it. I think just Limerick have just too far down the track at the minute um, and I think they, they will win it. But I don't think there'll be much in it. I think people are making Limerick odds-on favourites. I don't see that. I don't see that. But it all depends on the way Limerick set up or the way Watford set up against the Limerick system, I think. Yeah, yeah. You'd love to see it close, but like, I mean, Jesus, you could imagine... Um, you know, you'd be a little bit worried for Waterford. I, I would be anyways. The other one is uh, Tipperary Cork. This is in the Gaelic grounds. This is on the television on Sky. This is a huge game in its own right. It's just on the same weekend as two provincial finals. So it's well down our list. Um, interestingly, Tipperary have won two of their last three All-Irelands through the backdoor cheddar. So while their egos will have taken a kick in the arse um, against Limerick, they took a kick in the arse last year as well. Do you know what I mean? This This is back to a new season for Tipperary again. Yeah, that, that is very interesting. And it's very interesting, Tipperary, because 
Um, you know, it wouldn't have been their old teams. I'm going back decades now here. Um, they, they, there was no back door in any of those houses, I can tell you. They only believed coming through the front door. Anybody <laughs> who was in their way, generally speaking, suffered. Uh, but they had that ability now to regroup. They're, they're, they're an incredibly talented, technical team, um, you know, which underperformed the last day in a, in a, in a, in a number of ways. Um, and I'd say Liam and Eamon and the lads, might, if they were back there again, might set up differently in the way to play Limerick. Uh, um, but that's over now. And, and, you know, clearly this is knockout championship. And I think they'll be delighted that it's Cork uh, because, you know, I, I think Cork will suit Tipperary and, and vice versa as well. If the Tipperary team that played against Limerick plays in the same shape, in the same format, will also suit Cork. Uh, because even you know some of the things that they're that, that they've you know they've looked now at Patrick Horrock and playing you know a, a deep eleven, uh, yeah. what Joe Canning would have played or what Norm McGrath would have played with Hip uh, for a couple of years. They are very very effective, you know, incredibly efficient shooter and all of that. Just get him the ball in in space, and that asks that asks questions now of you, of your team. Does, does Park now go out on him or what does he do? Um, and it's that type of pre planning. If that's effective and it causes you to move your team, in other words, sort of knocks you off balance a little bit, uh, can be very, very effective. And Cork beginning to look at some of those things. I think both of them are, are in the very same position. Cork played poorly with poor spirit against Waterford. They were very, very disappointed with that. Um, they played a bit better the last day, but I think Dublin were quite poor the last day. I think they allowed so much space to Cork, and you give space to Cork, and you might as well go home. Um, I think there's one other factor here, Woolly, that's going to be really interesting and I think Liam will really play on this you know clearly Tipperary um, are going in and I understand that that they're wearing the the um, the bloody Sunday jerseys on Sunday am I right in that or the, the, the green actually we might have loaned them the Port Leisure jerseys I think they were the green and white jerseys Woody if I'm right well, I think the footballers are in the Munster final the following <laughs> week I'm not sure about the hurlers I'm not sure about the hurlers either but if they were and I'm sure they'll be tapping into that and and um if anybody is interested in, in listening into that, there's a TV program tonight um, about uh, Hogan that was killed in in um, in, in Dublin in twenties. You know, there's a lot of um, emotional stuff in tip around all of that at the minute, um, and you know sometimes that that won't win your matches. But if you're well prepared with a really good team and you can connect with that emotionally, you can get a really fighting performance out of your team. And, you know, you know, could Tip really stand up as Tip men in particular and say, we fought to the bitter end um, against Limerick. You know, every man died with his boots on. I don't think they could. I think if they bring that to, to, to Sunday, um, you know, it's going to be so close. Yeah, you made the point of uh, Patrick Horgan potentially versus Paddy Maher and Paddy Maher dropping off him and all that kind of, you know, dynamic because last year Tipperary beat uh, Cork in the Munster Championship and Bubbles got seven from playoff Tim O'Matney because Tim O'Matney just let him drift over back. Patrick Horgan will give centre-backs, like you say, that question to answer. If Paddy Maher follows Patrick Horgan like Owen O'Donnell did, sure you have uh, Flynn and you have Harnady running a muck kind of down through the middle then? Yes, you have. I, I look, sometimes, you know, when you see Limerick play, um, and I was very interested in this, particularly when Seamus Flanagan was playing. I, I feel for Seamus Flanagan because I thought he was the most important cog in the Limerick wheel uh, when they won the All-Ireland. He just simply was the oil that Limerick played through, and he hasn't played that that much since. Um, but sometimes uh, when you see Limerick play, they may run, they might gallop through the middle, uh, but you'll see them opening up space at the same time for you know really, really for the real shooters to get into position to get the ball. Um, and sometimes you can do that with the like you know Patrick Horgan plays ten meters. I mean, TJ does this with Ballyhale the whole time. 
Um, yeah. You know, you, you have a problem. You could have the best, you could have the Mick Rose centre back or Pat Henderson ranked centre back, some of the best centre backs that ever played hurling. And they might never get a bucket of ball, you know, because they're, in their, they're, they're just in no man's land. And yet you can't leave the hole at six either because then you're going to have runners, the midfielders, and gallop up through the middle. So it does ask questions of the opposition. Um, have you pre planned that? And, you know, I'm going back to the Kenny. Um, Woolly, you know, I still haven't seen Kenny master playing against the sweeper. How do you neuter a sweeper in a situation like that, and that you actually make make him make him, you know, that he's that he's no good there, that that, that the opposition manager has got to change that around. Um, and and I think, you know, I, I'd be interested in seeing. Uh, Cork definitely tried some things the last day. Um, I probably I, I, I thought a lot about what Brian. Uh, what Brian Carroll said about Cork, um, you know, not they're not all early material. Um, and I suppose I just, over the years, they have proven themselves. Um, you know, I don't want to go back to the old um, Busher room or the Daffodil or whatever it was said in those years. Um, but they have that ability. Um, and I think if they win one, they'll be difficult to beat. Um, uh, you know, there, there are a number of things, you know, will Darifus Gibbon play on Sunday? Um, is he going to be back or is he out? You know, he's obviously going to be out for a little while. Owen Callaghan will be back. If there are a couple of players like that to even strengthen it up or even to come into it, um, you know, even the likes of the players that didn't start the last day coming back into the panel and, you know, will be fair, will give it a fair shift, I think, for Sunday. Do you like young O'Connor and Decky, big Decky Dalton, as they call him? I was saying to Michael Carton, he's not that big to be called big Decky Dalton. Do you like young O'Connor and Dalton in the full forward line? Offer you something different, maybe? Oh, I do. Decky Dalton is a big man, Woolly. He's not, he's not a small man, I can tell you. Um, he is, and he's a rude one player. Um, and um, I, I think, you know, that's interesting because you might play... Um, Real high mobility, with, you know, you know, Cadigan is the Woody's place back here. But you might have might start off at Cadigan and Patrick Horgan, which they started did in the All Ireland in the semi final Croker, and then switch that up to a target player. You know, working off the target man. You know, it gives you a lot of options in game plans to be able to approach other teams and to ask questions about other teams. Yeah, and he is a fair hurler. Uh, you know, he's a big. You know, he's a skillful big man, which is which is which is which is brilliant to have. You you, you nearly have to have it though, Cheddar. Like we keep talk coming back to Limerick and you know they have Casey and they have um, Graham Mulcahy but they have Galan so if there is a bit of savage pressure like you'd hit a 50-50 to Galan like the problem with Cadigan and Horgan and all they need perfect ball and at least Dalton Jesus I'm being you know hooked and tackled here I might just send one in his direction do you know what I mean and have that option because like Colin Fenley gives Kilkenny that option I think without having Connor Whelan gives Galway that option you have to have a lad that isn't dependent on lovely, perfect diagonal ball. You, you certainly do. Look, you, you will win nothing with six incredible touch players inside. You just won't. Yeah. Um, you know, look, can he gobble you up uh, with, with with that type? And they have done that. They'll, 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 they will not be long about taking the, the tippy-tappy stuff out of your hurling fairly quickly. So you do need alternatives. Um, and clearly that's one that works. It's a great and trusted one that has worked over the years. A big man who can... You know, not necessarily throw his weight around, but can, you can certainly work off him in terms of a target man. Yeah, exactly. We've got a prediction on this one, uh, Cheddar. Oh, God, this one is, this one is, is savage close. Um, you know, obviously it's in the Gaelic grounds. I'm not too sure that Tip play fears well in the Gaelic grounds. Um, God, it's hard to call. It's hard to know where Raid, where Cork are, um, in the sense that, you know, I thought that they rebounded really, really well the last day, obviously against Dublin, but just Dublin just didn't, didn't, you know, they allowed them so much space. Um, and then, you know, our, you know, our Tipperary now going to grab, you know, the, the championship here by the, by the neck and go for it, like to have in other years. Um, 
I've got I think this match is 50-50. It wouldn't surprise me if it was a draw, Woolly, and I'm going to actually I'm going to actually take the handy way out and I'm going to go for a draw here. <laughs> it's not often you do that. I'll go for I'll go for Cork or not for Lim- Tipperary rather for what it's worth. Right, we'll move on to the last one here, Cheddar Wexford and Clare. Probably the lowest profile one um, of the weekend, if we're being honest. Like I mean, again, Wexford are in the same position as Cork last week. Have to battle back and redeem themselves, and I think they deserve a chance. I can't see Davy making too many changes. You'd imagine Davy's uh, team talk will be completely based on the fact you let yourselves down. And given every single one of you a chance, you're you're much better than that. That's not Wexford team that you know we we have been um, together for uh, you know three 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 years now. And given all of you a chance to redeem yourselves, do you think that's the way Dave will approach it? Yeah, I, I think it is. You know, clearly, he, um, he set fire to that when the match was over the last day. So that 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 discussion has started. Um, I think. I don't think it'll change much about Wexford um, because they play in a certain way, and you know what are you going to do? Throw the whole system out? You know, you just you just won't have enough time to rehearse a different system. You might maybe play one player, there might be a change in one player or two or something like that. But I don't see much to change. I think the real question that needs to be asked over Wexford, you know, clearly there was a, a lack of energy and freshness from their team. I mean, I, I spoke about this the last day. The idea of passing too much laterally or even there was a lot of all went backwards. Um, it, it, you know, I, I probably wouldn't. I, I hugely agree with the way they play. I don't have a difficulty with that at all. I think they've brought that that um, extra man. I'm not going to call him a sweeper because he isn't. Um, um, where he moves up the field and create, and you know, creates scoring opportunity. I think they've brought that to a new level. But there was a serious lack of freshness and energy. Is that mental fatigue or is that physical fatigue? Um, I think that's going to be a serious question. If it's mental fatigue, uh, then I think that that then firing them up like that won't make any difference. Um, I think I, I think I think Davy needs to really think a lot about the approach to the Wexford mental and obviously the physiological way for Sunday, not necessarily the hurling. I thought they played pretty all right, except they played way too slow, way too low intensity to be able to move the ball to ask questions about. And that final ball in, more often than not, went lateral or back rather than you know being a, being a real killer pass going into the full forward line. And they have shooters in there. Yeah, this is in a Moor Park. You might we might see your head popping up on the television in Decky Dunn's house uh, down on the scaffold and yeah. cheddar, will we? I might get the old ladders out there and over. The- <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So if anyone if, if anyone's watching this on GEA go watch the Abba League's goal end and you might see Cheddar's head popping up up over the back <laughs> over the back wall. Any cracking game, um, and I'm not going to dwell on on the, the Davy Bryan thing. Let's put that. Yeah, up. we're not allowed to talk about that. That's been well, done, hasn't it? It's not. I'm not interested in it. If there's a personal difference, leave it at that. Um, you know, Davy clearly manages Wexford, has brought him on a million miles. Clearly, he loves his own county of Clare. Let's just, that, that's good enough. Let's leave it at that. The two of them are going to do a good job on the line here. Um, I, I think for Clare, um, I don't think they have found form. And that's no. a little bit to, that, you know, you miss Conlon, um, who else? Colin Gallivan, Peter Duggan, in fact, yeah. the last couple of years. And now I think David McInerney is going to be out. Was he a straight red last weekend? I think he was. That's five players. You take out that similar five players out of Tipperary, Limerick, or Kilkenny, and they might be easy enough to talk to Woolley. Um, so, so Brian has, has, you know, he's been sort of trying to get, play, get Clare to play with one hand tied behind his back to a large extent. Um, and I, I just think that 
um, you know, they haven't found form, they haven't found a settled team, they tried to fix the full back line. Uh, that's two games. I think they played very well in the first half. I, I like what they did tactically against Limerick in the first half, but they were sort of overrun a little bit in the second half. Um, and, uh, you know, the, the one thing I will say about Clare playing Wexford is Clare will have been used to practice them playing against the sweeper. If we, I, I, I'm going to call him a sweeper for a minute because I don't think Wexford, that's not really the term anymore. But I think Clare are going to be used to being able to handle that. And that cognitive awareness about players where players should be and being able to hand over players to shut down runners and all of that, they will be well able to do that. So I think they'll have a, an advantage and a benefit in terms of playing Wexford. But I think Wexford have less to get right. Um, and I think clearly... Um, everybody in Wexford. I mean, the, the, the fact that Lee Chin came out strongly about what they said the last day, um, it, it sort of says that, look, the management of the team are at idiom here about where, that we need to raise the bar here. And if they do, I just think they're going to have to win the match. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I think, like, I mean, do you see Tony Kelly going into the full forward line considering there's a sweeper there? You don't want your only heavy scoring forward, you know, potentially being double marked. Will he float around the half forward line? Could, you look at that clear forward line and if, if Wexford have any brains, they'll be double marking Tony Kelly because you're looking at Shanahan, Gilfile, Shane O'Donnell, Ta- you know, Taylor. These are, you know, maybe your number six type forwards, five or six. They're not your top three or four. Yeah, no, I, th- I think... Um... I'd be surprised. I think that that would be a, a bit of a conundrum for Brian. Where does he play, Tony? Yeah. See him up in enough space um, because, um, you know, you can't bring all your players back to field. So if he's playing in midfield and he's and he's running right on your midfielder, you know, you're sort of tempted to, to double team him with your player at the back. But then your whole, the whole basis of your game plan then is, is changed because of that. Um, I, I, I think, I, I don't think you'll see him the type of corner forward that he had against Limerick where he was coming from from the back out deep. I think that worked really, really well. Uh, but I don't think, I think the the, the the extra defender for Wexford would sort of neuter that. He'd keep him yeah. like, he'd jump on him, you know, a car and he comes out onto the half back line of that. It'd be an interesting one. Clearly, he's hugely important. They're, they're, they're very reliant on him at the minute, um, uh, you know, considering that the players that they're missing. Um, and, uh, you know, so I, I, it's just difficult to see where Clare are going to get enough toehold in the game to go win it. But look, if Wexford turned up like they did against Galway with a low energy game, in a possession running type game, um, well, then they're there to be tackled. They're there to be turned over. And, you know, Clare are right in the mix if that's the case. Yeah. Are we going for a Clare win or a, a Wexford win in this one? I I, th- I think just, look, you're just basing it purely on very weak form here. Um, but it, based on that, I think you'd have to go Wexford. Well, bear in mind, Clare beat Wexford in Wexford Park in the league a number of months back in a game that both sides wanted to win. Uh, you know, so you know, there, again, there's not much in this, I think. Um, but I think the player that Claire are missing is a serious hit to Brian. I think he has had a very, very difficult year to start with, um, and uh, you know, he may turn it over on Sunday, but I, I, I doubt it. Yeah, exactly right. Okay, Cheddar, we'll leave it there. We've covered everyone. For what it's worth, I'll go for Wexford as well. Um, we'll be back on Monday, and we'll review all the hurling as usual. So we'll talk to you all then. Good luck. <laughs> And when I started running, I suppose I didn't stop. And when I got the chance to go, I said I'd stay going. So it opened up. We were only the small little fish out there, so we are. And uh, we're trying hard to make it through. But it's hard to get the breaks when you're the smaller fish. Because I love this county so much, you know. And it's just, I'm delighted that the lads, the lads did it for the people of Walford today because, like, I, I'm, heart, I'm heartbroken. I let it go, cause I'm